top of the morning to you. Here I go again. It is currently 3.12 a.m. in my demographic location and station. Do I have me some water nearby? And as the Lord awakened me, I tell you, I really wanted to go back to sleep. <laughs> but then the spirit of the Lord, and when I say the spirit, oh my goodness, I hope you grab this. It will arrest you sometime. You know what being arrested means? And it's not talking about going to jail. It's just being still in a place that you cannot move. And so as I was awakened, and, and, and I don't know how many people, you know, when you, when you, and, and this is something that I don't know, but I'm just going to say it. When you ever in a dream, and in that dream, I always say, if you go into the bathroom in that dream, the best thing to do is wake up if you able and really go. Because sometimes in the dream, and this something happened to me years and years and years ago. You know, I like to put myself on front street. But I might have been maybe, I want to guess and say maybe 21. And that's effort. Because see, one thing about me. I don't have to keep bumping my head over and over and over and over and over again to learn the lesson. Now, at 21, that was one lesson. I said, I just never want to take the test again. How many of you understand my philosophy? The world is a big classroom. And one thing about being in any class, in any classroom, the purpose of being in there is that to understand at some point, place, you will be tested. Even if it's a driver's class, you will be tested. No matter what the subject class, you will be tested. And one thing about me, I don't never like to keep retaking a test. I'm just talking about me because I feel if I got to keep taking this same test over and over and over again, that means something in my head is not cooperating with the type of mentality that I think I have. Now, most people think they sometimes feel like they smart enough that they can pass a test. But then, see, this is the thing with me. I have to study. And when I say study, what I call studying is pondering and praying, and reading my word. And it has to be in such a place, when I say steady, that I know I'm going to get a clear and concise answer to pass the test. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed that. So into who? I was remember I was dreaming. And in my dream, I thought I got up and went to the bathroom. But apparently, I realized I had not when I felt some wetness around me in my deep sleep. <laughs> so from that day to this one, I always believe that if you having a dream about going to the bathroom, if you are still alive and consciously aware, don't allow in the dream to keep going. Just make sure you get up and go. And even if you are dreaming, you will still be done got up and went. So I never laid there anymore. I always got up and make sure that I went. So into, I was in the midst of a dream. And in the dream, I said, uh-oh, I better make sure that I'm awake. So after I got awakened, I went on and paid what I call my water bill. I got that from my auntie. She transitioned. She wouldn't say go to the bathroom. She said, I'm going to pay a water bill. 
And I came back and I was ready to climb in the bed. Y'all got to grab this. And that's when the Holy Spirit said, uh-uh, uh-uh, Don't you get back in that bed. I need you to sit up and do a podcast. I said, must I? I actually really don't feel like it, God. And see, this is the way the Holy Spirit will minister to you. Because it'll put a spirit of conviction in you to tell you why you are compelled to obey. Nobody asks you what you feel like. I say, yes, Lord. So I sat here and I said, but for, for what do I need to do a podcast? And that's when the Holy Spirit brought to me Explain generation. Explain the importance of the generation. So I want to share with you because as I began to think about generation, children came back in my spirit. And one thing I'm a firm believer is the word of God. And some things we do where the word of God is executed, it's not just for us. Hello. It's not about just us. Yes, we individually need to get ourselves together for the Lord. But it's it don't it's not just about us. That's why I say I don't get the big head. Nobody should have the big head in ministering the gospel. Nobody should feel that what you're doing as an assignment to God is about a popularity contest. Hello. That's why when I look at this spirit of people in leadership, I be trying to look and see what their position, do they understand? What is it about? Are you really here for yourself and the people and your legacy? Or are you here because you want to feel popular? Hello. This not a popularity contest. As a matter of fact, the more authentic, and this is just my perception and my my belief, and this is a belief. Matter of fact, the more authentic you are in executing the gospel, the more trials and tribulations you will encounter in order to have that diversity of being able to teach people from the core and the essence of being a child of God. And one thing about it, if we have the mind of Christ, listen, there was nothing pretty dressed up and fixed up about Jesus. Now, I'm not talking about the outer appearance, because if you want to dress it up, fix it up, have it. But I mean, when you got to wrestle with contending that when you're mistreated, you're going to be nice. That when people talk about you and say all manner of evil against you and disrespect you, you're going to keep your heart pure. Because you understand when you study what the word of God says that only, listen, only, you got to grab this, only, let me use that word and you think about what only means. Only the pure in heart shall see God. I'm just saying hello. So sometimes, you know, see, when when the scriptures are hid in your heart, you don't have to be running off other people's views and opinions to try to be popular. Hello. Because you understand your position 
more than anything is about God and with God and having an everlasting home in heaven. And you don't need to try to be competitive to do that. All God requires is to have a pure heart. That's why I'm in this dispensation of time. I'm not caught up in all them cliques. I'm not caught up in all them cliches. I'm not caught up. It it don't take any of that. Listen, my plate is full when I pray, when I fellowship, when I study. I'm just saying. And when I take everything that I have studied, listen, you got to grab this and make application every single day in my own life. And it's like I look around in the last three years and it's like people act like they got to compete for a platform when they already denounced they had a position. If you got a position to execute the gospel, a platform don't have to be competed against. You can stand on a soapbox, I'm just saying, on the corner if that's your calling. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed into who. Let me get to the core of everything, though. The thing is about generations. And yesterday was about the children. So here I am again with this generational thing. Now, I want to say this because this is very critically important. It is important because there's going to be a changing in the atmosphere of another generation. And everybody that's living and breathing in the earth, you are going to be a part of that movement. God is raising up other younger generations to begin to implement things. Now, this is where you play a part. Whatever you impart in your children and in your child, is going to determine what part you play in the earth. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed this. Our coexistence, let me break it down. Our coexistence of being here is just not to be here to work and take up space. I'm just saying. Our sole purpose of being here is all on purpose. Everybody has a purpose. And it's just not about working and partying and then going to sleep and waking up. That's not purpose. That's just something that you preoccupy your time with in order to survive. Because the Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. Okay. So a career is a means to an end. But it's not a purpose. I hope somebody getting this. So in our purpose... We are mandated to plant things that leads to tradition. Now, I'm not talking about traditions that you got to kick the can because your grandma kicked the can and your daddy kicked the can. I'm talking about meaningful, sustaining traditions. And there are some that we in modern America must think about in our own lives that need to be passed on. 
Now, one of the things, and as I got older, because, see, nobody guided me. Nobody taught me except mostly the Holy Spirit. This is why I am a firm believer in the Bible. Because sometimes people think, oh, well, your grandmother taught you or, or your cousin. Listen, yes, they were instrumental. But more than anything, I rushed and ran to the Bible. And I would always do just like I do now. Search the scripture to find out what's the best appropriate way for me to handle things. Somebody said to me the other day, they was like, well, you know, I think because they said something about um, one of my ex-husband friends. (laughs) And so she said, she said, mother, me and my brother was together and we ran into, you know, one of his friends and he said man and she so she said though so she said that because she introduced herself and said I'm Alfreda's daughter and they said Alfreda and anyway she said but they said man let me tell you no disrespect no disrespect to my partner no disrespect but I used to want to come to y'all house with my first husband just to just to look at your mama no disrespect though so so she was saying mother you know and I get this type of feedback from men and I said well you know what and I don't even know who you talking about and that's a lot of time why females had hater vibes it had nothing to do with me even knowing certain guys they just would know of me they didn't know me. They just knew of me. And she said, he kept saying, no disrespect, though, to you and your brother. I'm just saying. But see, this is the thing. I didn't have the big head. Other people might have had it, but I didn't have it. I was just being my authentic self. And so so in the course of the conversation, me and my daughter, she was like, but you know what, mother, you go by a lot of stuff that your grandmother taught you. And then she said, you had went up north, you know, and learned different things. And I said, wait a minute. Yes, my grandmother taught me certain things. I said, but a lot of things I learned on my own. I said, because listen, listen, you got to grab this. I said, because all of us went up north. Hello. But that didn't mean all of us was the same. So then it's like a light went off and she, I got it. So it wasn't about the other people in my family. It was about the fact that I really did love the Lord. Listen, y'all, you got to grab this while this generational thing is keep resonating. I remember I couldn't go to church after I got up impregnant at 16 in Georgia, my home church. You know, they had a rule back then that if you got pregnant, you got kicked out the church. Well, you didn't just get kicked out. They might have kept your name on the road, but you couldn't be what they considered a bad influence to the younger generation. You couldn't be walking around in the church pregnant and exposing that to other generation of children your age bracket. So listen to me. So many people had to encounter that back in that days. And listen, this was in our cultural church. Hello, I hope somebody grabbed this. Whatever mandate and rules they set up 
But that didn't make me bitter with the church folks. That didn't make me bitter with the house of God. Because listen, once I had the baby, I still went to church. Because anybody that opened the door, this is why I tell people about a spirit of humility. I know how to eat my fault. I was out of line. I was wrong. I I had to operate in disobedience to get pregnant because that is not what my grandmother and granddaddy taught me. And so many times we, we, we fall short, but we don't want to stand tall and accept our responsibilities in the part we play. I didn't have a husband. I didn't even have a boyfriend that knew how to be a boyfriend. I'm just saying, I had no business doing what I did. But anyway, that didn't have anything to do with me falling out with God. This is what I want to get people to understand. God didn't do that to me. God didn't cause me. God didn't tell me to go out there and do what wrong I did. So I'm not blaming God. If anything, that as a teenager pushed me even more to say, you know what, God, I need you even more. I need you even more to guide me. Now, my mother did not allow me to be a teenage mother because she got legal custody. But this is the thing. That in itself took me even further off course because I felt that wasn't her job. If I see, I can eat my responsibility. If this is what I'm saying, some people they get in God's way. So, so if if I disobeyed my grandmother and God, then if this was my consequences, then guide me how to execute a stronger foundation in my consequences. Don't think it's your job to take responsibility for my actions. And so I remember when I left, because I I couldn't stay in New York anymore. The Holy Spirit wouldn't even let me, even as a 16-year-old girl. This is why I'm telling people, it was not me or myself. I don't have the big head. I just knew what the Holy Spirit pushed me and promoted me to do. And my best friend at the time, Brenda Kellogg, I kept saying to Brenda, I said, Brenda, once I have this baby, I'm going to come back and whatever I got to face, endure, and go through in that little country town, I'm going to do it. And as my friend, she said to me, well, put, that's what she called me, you come on back, you can stay with us, and I'm going to help you get a job at McDonald's because that's where all the teenagers in high school was working. And so my shame, I push shame to the side. And that's why a lot of times people could not understand my comeback and bounce back. Because I didn't walk the walk of shame. Whatever I did wrong, I can own my, I can eat mine. And I can endure whatever I got to go through. But listen, you got to grab this only but by the grace of God. I could not do it on my own. But the foundation of God was instilled in me through my grandmother. Now, I give her that. 
all day, every day. And that's why it's important to instill a foundational belief in your children. I'm telling you, it will save them from a lot of heartache and headache. Because one thing, whether you want to accept this or not, the next generation is getting ready to position themselves in a country that's going to have to be ran by that generation. And if you don't put no foundation in them, then that means you leave them no legacy. Let me enlighten you all. Anybody that got children, whether they old or young, we are here for one thing concerning our children. Listen, you got to grab this. You must impart a legacy in your children. One way or another, listen, listen, listen. Let me let me break it down now so you don't you don't take it the wrong way. A legacy means something that you can instill in them that goes on to the next generation. Oh God help me today. And you may not be wealthy, so you can't leave them a mansion and a Maserati. You may not be a, a, a governor or a president or a king. Because see, this is what they did back in the old days. If you were a king, it went to your child. Even if that child wasn't but 15, 10, 9, that was the legacy. You passed it on. So listen, so coming up in my time, my grandparents, they was what's called middle class. So what they could pass, they couldn't pass on no houses and cars, but this is what they did. They passed on wisdom. Ding, ding, ding. I hope somebody grabbed that. So what am I saying? What am I saying? What am I saying? I got to tell you what God say. I want you to think in terms of generations. Generation means past you, your children and your children's children. That's why the Bible said three to four people coming up. So here are some verses to encourage you to think about family in terms of generation, generation of influence. Genesis 9 and 12, it says, And God said, This is the sign of the covenant which I make between me and you. See, you got to get this. If you believe in any denomination where there's a God, there's a covenant that must be made. And in our God as a creator, the most highest God, okay, even with him, he said, every living creature that is with you for a perpetual generation. And then there's another scripture that says, and did I say Genesis 9? That was Genesis 9 and 12. Exodus 3 and 15. It said, Moreover, God said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, that means whatever your tribe, whatever your culture, the Lord God of your fathers, the father of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all gen 
generations. From way back then, it was important for people to establish a moving forward of a legacy for the next generation. If you just running around this world and you stuck and you think that everything that you wake up, live, breathe is about you. Listen, if you do nothing else, you got to grab this. If you have no money, honey, in other words, you should be imparting wisdom. You should be imparting structure. This is why I I get on my soapbox with people when I say what I say concerning parents and children. If you don't have no money, honey, you need to teach structure. You need to teach discipline because when you leave here, then the next generation, we can't make them grab it and get it. But whatever my structure, my grandmother taught me, my granddaddy taught me, I reiterated it as an example over my children. Because, see, to me, it kept their heads above water. Hello. It kept my grandmother and granddaddy from scratching and digging and begging and borrowing to survive. So I said, let me pattern myself. Because my granddaddy used to always say, pay your bills. My granddaddy used to always say that if you don't put money in the bank and leave it there, you don't have a savings. Because <laughs> you ain't saving. See, there were things that my grandfather would just say, but they became foundational to me. And one of the things I noticed, and I can't tell you because he might did borrow money, but all I know is we had structure. We got Christmas every year. We got school clothes every year. So what people do, that's a tradition. They pass it down. I had somebody to say to me, they had to buy their own school clothes once they hit 11 years old. And I thought that was the saddest story of a childhood. And they had to work through this with 11 years. Like, who buy clothes for yourself to go to school at 11 years? Like, where were your parents? And check this out. You got to grab this. They testified, because I don't name names, that both their parents was in the house. Hello? See what I'm talking about? But for me, in my tradition, I was taught that no matter what your child did, didn't do, you had to buy their school clothes, school shoes, and school supplies. Now, once they got old enough to earn their own money and buy their own little stuff, then so be it. But even then, I said, I will still buy y'all school supplies and your school shoes. Because I know shoes are more expensive than clothes. But can you imagine having to support yourself at 11 years old for school every year? So I asked them, what did you do? So they said they got their first job at 11. And they've been working ever since. And they in their 50s now. Hello. What happens from generation to generation? Let me say this to you. Because I want you to get this clear understanding. When you think about in Esther, and this for the ladies... Chapter 9, verse 28. It says, And these days should be remembered and kept throughout every generation. Because Esther was in preparation 
You're supposed to be teaching your girls, if not by word, by example, how to date. That's why I'm saying all this shacking and racking, that's that's what you leaving as a legacy. If something happened in your life and it ends abruptly, all your children know is only the example you set before them. And if your example is nothing but party, weed, smoking, drinking, laying up, then listen, that's your legacy that you're leaving them. And people can say all they want. Ah, I was smart in school. I used to do this. What you're doing before their eyes is what you're leaving as a legacy. Hello, now it's coming together. That's why in my house, I never threw a party. I never made a habit of bringing men in and out over my children. Not just my daughters, but my children. When I got one, I stuck with one. And sometimes you had to eat crow and entertain that you didn't like things. But I thought about what I'm placing before my children. Because, listen, let me repeat this. If you don't have a mansion and a Maserati, in other words, if you're not Campbell Soup or Rockefeller, and and, uh, and you can't leave them behind an inheritance, if you're not President Bush where you can pass on your position to your son or your daughter, then what other other way can you leave a legacy? Well, let me help you with that. One is to pass down wholesome attributes that you have. Trust me, your children will look at that. One thing all my children have in common, what they can say, that I pass down. They know to feed their children. Don't let your children be hungry. Don't let your children be hungry. My children were structured with breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That was a legacy. And they tell other people, that's what my mama used to do. My children were structured to a point that they knew the type of groceries that they were going to receive because I had a tradition. I only ate Kraft cheese. I only ate Kraft mayo. I'm saying this was my tradition. And so it got passed down because my children funny about mayo. They funny about cheese. I'm just saying that's a tradition. So if you have no money and no Maserati, you need some type of structure to pass down to your children as a legacy. That's the point. And if you're not, they're not being raised in the house with you, then it's hard to leave a legacy. I'm just saying. And and, and so then you got to impart wisdom. So if you live from a distance and you're trying to raise children, especially males, then pass down some wisdom and let that wisdom be a part of your lifestyle. Show them this is what you, if you work, you get to eat and you don't have to beg and borrow and go out and do things that's not comfortable for your lifestyle. I'm just saying we got to stop the blame and the name game. And take ownership. Now, if somebody want to step in and step over and say, well, look, I take this child and raise them like my mama did with my child. But that didn't last forever. 
Because when, from the day I left there on that Greyhound bus, I remember I cried all the way to Georgia. And I set out a goal and a plan that if I ever got a chance that he would be back in my house, he wasn't going back there because that wasn't her job. And again, I feel, and I could be wrong, had she allowed me to take responsibility like I wanted to, then a whole lot of things between that crazy age I wouldn't have encountered because I knew, I, I, and so that just took me to a place of anger. Don't nothing make me more offset than anybody who think that they need to take responsibility for what's mine. Somebody told me the other night that they, they somebody asked them that I live in one of Robins and they lied. I said, don't lie for me. They said, well, I just say, mm-hmm. I said, well, instead, just say, mm-mm, because you know I don't live there. So why lie? See, this is the thing, the place we have to get to. Own your own truth. Yeah, it may not make you look good in the eyes of some people, but it always, the truth always make you look good in the eyes of God. And this is why you need to start teaching your children. Another generational, if I didn't teach them enough wisdom to understand their, how to make their own pathway, I at least taught them enough foundation of belief that no matter where you are, if you find yourself in the club and you, you need a way of escape, pray. Never let nothing in life position you that you don't pray. No matter what happens, no matter what occurs, because that's my foundation. Yes, I messed up. Yes, I got kicked out of church along with anybody else back then at 16. But that didn't make me hate God. And that didn't make me hate church people. All that did is just made me start praying that I don't know what church rules are and regulations, but I began to pray. And I asked God that none of my daughters would receive impregnation before they graduated from high school. And I want to be honest to say, I thank God he answered that prayer. I wanted to break that because from my generation to me, I hadn't finished school. My mother hadn't finished school when she had me. And I don't know what her mother had did. And I don't know what my big mama had did. But I was bound and determined to change that as a legacy. That's why I say legacy is not always about money. If you don't have money in Maserati, then feed your children wisdom. Feed them some structure. Feed them some stability. And don't let them always be in your grown folk business that they don't need to know. Because that's not going to help them. We're coming into a changing of the guards. And there's going to be another generation coming up. And these children that are teenagers now and in their 20s and people just graduating from college, they're going out of jobs and positions where we once used to sit, where I used to sit, and where you're sitting right now. They're coming after those positions. And what are you going to leave as a legacy? Well, I tell you, I'm in this place now. My legacy is for my grandchildren, children, children. And that's why I write books and don't get paid. Hello. But it's not about the money. 
is about leaving a legacy somewhere in the next 100 years. If somebody want to search their grandmother or their great, 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 great grandmother, they can find something to get to know me. I don't have to wait for my children to tell them or my children, children. I told my own story. That's the truth. And some of it, they, my children don't even know. So I put it on pages and I publicized it. And although they don't pay you no royalty, $1, whatever, per book, but I'm going to change that even. I want to get with a publishing company. See, when you self-publish, you really don't make money. If all y'all don't know, you don't. You don't. But, 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 but when you got a publishing company, and that's my goal to promote, it's other things and other projects, but these are my legacies. I've already left legacies. If I left here today, one thing my children got a legacy, they all know how to keep house and clean house. I'm just saying. That's a legacy. I couldn't leave Mansion and Maserati, but I left them with some structure. Now, whether or not they want to implement that structure, that's that's between them and God and their children. But all I want to say to you tonight is this. Be mindful. There's another generation that's coming. And whatever you're doing or not doing to teach this generation, listen to me. There's going to be an accountability to God for you as a parent. If you haven't taught them no structure, I'm I'm telling you, you will find yourself at an old age and your children will carry a lot of resentment because you didn't give them nothing to look forward to and look back on but a bunch of nonsense that don't make sense. Because partying and getting high and drinking and laying up with men is not a structure of legacy to leave behind for your children to that's about all they know I'm just saying somewhere you gotta get in that place and dig in with God and ask God to help deliver you from whatever you are bound by check out my book it's on Amazon deliver us from all evil we all need deliverance you think it was easy for me hello it was not I was exposed. I was surrounded by all types of spirits that I could have went off the the beaten path and got caught up in. But it was God that kept me anchored and structured. I wanted to work toward pleasing God more than I did pleasing the people that hung around me that was going in a different direction than what I wanted to go. That's all I'm saying. I wanted to leave more for my children than just saying I had a good time with a bunch of grown people that when we none of them weren't doing them but the same thing because I know some people that left here like that. They partied, they played. This person, we used to go to their house to party anytime you can go there day or night. They they always if they if a party wasn't going on, they'll wake up and start one. But you know what? That person left here, but they didn't have any children. And that's all everybody remember. They were just a part of person. I'm just saying. No other legacy. But if you got children, 
It's time to create some type of legacy. If nothing again, but impart wisdom in them. And not just wisdom by words, but wisdom by example. And on that note, may the blessings from heaven flow, flow, flow down into your lives. Meet all of your needs, even the things your heart desires as you delight yourself in God. And may you continue to prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prosper. Remember, allow this message to download into your spirit and resonate to be transformed uploaded by the renewing of your mind and then begin to become proactive in leaving a legacy to your generation of children because trust me they're gonna reach an age just like you because you was once a little boy or a little girl and look at what your platform is in the land well guess what your children are gonna have one too and it's gonna make a difference in what you have placed in them And if you put nothing in them, then you need to understand when they get grown, if you put nothing in them other than some fun and play, you got to get more than that put in in your your children, people. That's all they're going to know about you. Hello. God bless. And until the next podcast, I love you all and bye for now. Did I say may you continue to prosper? I'm sorry. And be in good health, even as your soul prosper. Now, bye for now. God bless.